Hello everyone, welcome to Anime News and Reviews Podcast. My name is Speedy, and with me today is my co-host Blake. Hello everybody. Unfortunately, Colton messed up his headset somehow, and is unable to join us this week, so it will just be Blake and I today. We will be talking about news in the anime world. We have some pretty exciting topics. Uh, If you didn't notice... Uh, last week, I added, I uploaded the fourth episode of our podcast, which was an episode where we reviewed Yashihime, the Inuyasha continuation anime. And it, it was really fun. Uh, Blake led us on that one. I think he did great. And it was a really good anime, so you should definitely check out the episode. Our podcast can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, RSS Podcast. So make sure to look us up. All right, so starting with anime news. I feel like it's, for me, fitting to start with the Dragon Ball Super movie that was recently announced. So, in Japan, May 9th, I don't know if you knew this, Blake, but May 9th is called Goku Day. Ooh. Because in Japanese, 5 is Go, and 9 can can be Ku, so Goku, 5, 9. Oh, that's all. Now they're just being silly. Which is why Wordplay. May 9th <laughs> is recognized as Goku Day. Um, I love that's it. that's actually when the official confirmation came for the second Dragon Ball Super movie. The first one was the ah, yes, Super yes. Broly film, which was uh-huh. in 2018. So this will be the second one. And just like with Broly, Toriyama, the author of Dragon Ball, is writing the story, writing the script, designing the characters. So I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, Toriyama actually gave us a little blip that he wanted to talk about it. So what he said um, when the statement was announced on the Dragon Ball website, uh, this is what Toriyama said. An all-new movie since Dragon Ball Super Broly is currently in the making. Just like the previous movie, I am heavily leading the story and dialogue production for another amazing film. I really shouldn't talk too much about the plot yet, but be prepared for some extreme and entertaining bouts, which may feature an unexpected character. We'll be charting through some unexplored territory in terms of the visual aesthetics to give the audience an amazing ride, so I hope everybody will look forward to the new movie. Oh man, that's that's a tease. It really really hypes you up, because we know nothing about it, and already we're just like, yeah! We already got plenty of people who have been chomping at the bit for something new in oh. that area to begin with. And <laughs> the anime ended in 2018, unless you count the dub, yeah, which went like through that. 19. But it, it originally ended in 2018, so it's been almost three years. Or about three years, because I think it was around this time <clears throat> since oh, the super anime ended. And, right. And then... Maybe in 2019. Um, no, it had to be 2018 because later that year is when. Yeah, March 2018. Later that year, 
is when Dragon Ball Super Broly came out because that was also in 2018, which was a fantastic okay. movie with beautiful visuals and animation. That is what I've heard. I saw it in theater and it was amazing. Uh, I'm curious as to what they're going to do for the storyline for that second film. I'm assuming, obviously, it's going to be a continuation of that series, plus the on top of the Broly movie. They actually said... Oh, where was it? I can't find it now. Um, I don't know what it's going to be about, because... I mean, Dragon Ball Super Broly was canon. Broly is now, specifically that one, a canon character. He exists in the universe now. Right. Um, the manga had, like, a page that said, this happened, but we're not going to talk about it. As a sense of just go watch the movie instead of reading, the, reading that in the manga. So they went to the next arc, which was um, a Galactic Patrol arc with Moros as the villain, so... If they're going to follow up Broly, especially since this is going to be a canon movie because Toriyama is making it, then having the Galactic Patrol arc, I forget the exact name of the arc, with Morris as the villain would make sense because that takes place right after Broly, according to the manga. Okay. Um, However, this is Toriyama. I mean saying an unexpected character could be new could be recurring if it's the more yeah. if it's the <coughs> the galactic patrol arc then i could take a guess on who that would mean but other than that i i have no idea what this movie is right, about I was about to say, it sounds like he's shooting for some kind of a familiar character, somebody who's already been introduced previously in the franchise at some point. So It does say it will feature a new character as well as an unexpected character, so I don't know if they're taking the new character, because Toriyama's the one that said unexpected character, but a lot of people are saying a new character, so I don't know if they're taking an unexpected character as a new character, or if they mean two different people, but if I was a betting man, I would say at least for the unexpected part, I'd say it's definitely an existing character or someone who's probably been introduced at some point before. I don't know. Maybe, but so, I don't know. At the very least, a character that folks are familiar with, fans, what have you. Well, if it is with the Galactic Patrol arc, there are two characters that would be brand new and unexpected, especially one of them specifically that I could see them talking uh, talking about here. But, I don't know, we'll see. It comes out in 2022, so next year. Um, of course, that's Japan. But usually, uh, yeah, with yeah. anime, specifically popular anime, and you don't get much popular than Dragon Ball Super, or Dragon Ball in general, they usually um, have it dubbed pretty quick. So, when oh, yeah. Dragon Ball Super Broly came out, I only had to wait like two or three months before I got to see it dubbed because I just like the Dragon Ball dub personally. Grew up with it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, next year, um, I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be an amazing movie. And I felt that that was very important to start with. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I have another thing I will talk about before getting to Blake's things. Um, I wanted to talk about the One Piece World Top 100 Popularity Contest. <clears throat> this is mostly for oh, yeah. people that like One Piece and are One Piece fans. So this year, um, they had a Japan hosted a One Piece World Top 100 popularity poll, where everyone in the world could vote every day one time for their favorite character. And I wanted to go over the rankings and talk about where some characters stand and why I disagree with some places what they chose. But whatever, you know, everyone has who they like. So, overall, um, there were a lot of votes. Um, I'm going to have you guess who first place was for overall. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, I, it first is place. not a trick question, either. You can, okay, okay. It's pretty, it, it's pretty um, obvious. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to uh, say Luffy. Number one is Luffy in the overall rankings with 1.6 million votes. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting because <laughs> the f- top three are like the first three members of the Straw Hat. So one is Luffy, two is Zoro, and three is Nami. Oh, man. Actually, oh. overall, the top ten, half of them are straw hats Luffy's yeah because Sanji is four and Nico Robin is six so th- this is the uh, overall uh, top ten are Luffy Zoro Nami Sanji Law Robin Hancock Carrot Ace and Sabo so that's cool um, and then I yeah. just wanted to mention um, there, there are different regions there are eight regions I think there's Asia Oceania, which is like Australia and New Zealand area, uh, North America, Japan, Latin America and the Caribbean, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So there's a lot of different regions, um, but I just wanted to mention uh, certain characters that are pulled here. So in Asia, which looks like essentially almost the same thing as the overall probably because they had like a third of the votes for half of these characters but it's Luffy Zora the only thing that switched was really um, a few characters just traded spots like Sabo's ahead of Ace Sanji's ahead of Nami Robin's ahead of Law uh, but okay. Luffy, Luffy is still number one Zora's number two uh, that next, makes sense yeah uh, next is Oceana um, which um, likes the women apparently because uh, number one is Nami. All right. Number wow. two is Robin. Number three okay. is Yamato, which is a char- my favorite female character in One Piece, by the way. And she Yamato. was introduced in um, Wano. I'm not going to give any details about Yamato right now. For people that Fair don't point. read the manga, because has not been introduced in the anime yet, it's getting closer and closer. But 
they're not there yet. But Yamato is my favorite female character in One Piece, and she is number three. And then fourth place is Carrot, who is a bunny girl mink character. Oh, I remember Carrot. The top four are all women. So there you go, Oceana. Um, And then the rest of them are still similar. It's Zoro, Luffy, Sabo, Hancock, Law, and Sanji. Zoro's ahead of Luffy, though, in Oceana. Interesting. A little bit. But number one is Nami. Which I think Nami Mm. is generally the most popular female character in One Piece. Right. And it's looking like it in most of these. Uh, North America is next. What were you going to say? Ooh. I was going to say, I'm actually a little shocked (laughs) that uh, Hancock isn't uh, somehow a little higher on that list. People like Nami more, I guess. She's been in top ten every time, though. I was about to say, I mean, I, I enjoy Hancock. I'm surprised Shanks isn't pulled in top ten yet. Oh, I mean, yeah. don't know anything about him, but anytime he's on, he's on screen or in a panel, everyone's just like, oh my god, it's Shanks. It's a fair point. It has a very fair point. <laughs> I, I get. Uh, North America, so Canada and the US. I assume. I, I assume Mexico might fall in Latin America. Um, first place is Luffy. But second place, instead of Zoro, is Nami. Huh. Because Zora took third place. Although I will mention, Yamato is actually in the top ten for North America as well. Interesting. Which really, I like that because that means there's a lot of people that read that read the manga <laughs> and are up to date, which is good. So yes, first place is Luffy, and then Nami. Nami beat Zoro in North America. Then we have Japan. Japan really just likes Luffy and who's close to him. <laughs> Pretty much. Luffy is first, then Zoro, then Saji, then Law, then Ace and Sabo, Nami, Robin, Hancock. But surprisingly, Corazon, Doflamingo's brother, is number 10. Oh. And Yamato's pretty far down. Shanks made 11, so he, he, he was close. Oh, man. But it, I, it's interesting, because I would not have expected this character to be in any top 10. Doflamingo's brother. Rosinante Don Quijito. Quijote. I said that wrong. Don Quijote. That is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um... I will say, out of eight these eight regions, Luffy is first in only three of them. But it's like the three that have the most points, so that's why he's first overall. Uh, Latin America and the Caribbean is interesting. Nami is first. I was about to say Nami is but, first, let me guess. But second is Zoro, and Luffy is in third place. Ooh. Um, then you have Robin, Carrot, and Sanji. Yamato actually took 7th place, so that's great for manga readers. And then 8 is Hancock, 9 is Law, but 10 bumped Usopp up. Apparently the Latin American and Caribbean fans like Usopp more than these other characters. Huh. Which is interesting because Usopp is my least favorite straw hat. <clears throat> I don't necessarily see, see the appeal he has compared to other people but 
Hey, that's, that's uh, I mean, He's personally, I remember him. Nah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I grew up with him a bit, you know, the original crew, so I get it, kind of from like a nostalgia standpoint, kind of seeing where his character arc has come from, you know, from where he started all the way back in East Blue to, you know, where we're at now. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of, uh, oh man, what's his name? Oh my goodness. Uh, the bionic man with the blue hair. <laughs> Frankie. His name is, is his, his name? name is Frankie. That's it, Frankie. I I gotta tell you, I I am not the biggest fan really? of all the Straw Hats. He's the one that I'm just I yeah. <coughs> okay. I mean, I, I'd probably take Usopp over Frankie. Not gonna lie. That's fair. You are allowed to. Um, although him. honestly, I'm just. I was about to say I'm mostly just a Zoro and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Oh my God. Sanji. <laughs> Uh, his name's his his name's gonna come to me here. I know it. It's oh my god, what is his Sanji, name? Sanji, Brooke, Luffy. Brooks, that's it. What? Brooks. It's that's Brooke? it. Yeah. So yeah, probably Brooks and Zoro. I'd say were probably my like the two that I tend to look at the like most as far as the Straw Hats go. Uh, next we have Europe. In first place is Nami again. Ah. Followed by Zoro, but Luffy is actually in fourth place in Europe. Ooh. Robin B, apparently. Wow. Law, Carrot, Sanji, Hancock, Sabo, and then Yamato in ten. You could tell the people that read the manga versus the people that watch the anime. <laughs> right, with some of these characters. Oh, but Middle East throwing in a couple curveballs here. This is going to be interesting. So, first place is Zoro. Followed okay. by Nami. Luffy is in third, then Sanji, Carrot, Robin, Yamato in seventh, but then in eighth place is Katakuri. Ah. Which was uh, Luffy's opponent in Whole Cake Island. Uh, second son of Big Mom. He was one of the greatest antagonists Luffy has fought, though. So, oh. respect. Interesting. Nine, I don't understand because it's weird and that's X-Drake who is one of the supernovas I mean in the manga he has some more time but even then okay and then 10 is Hancock so the Katakuri Ah. and X-Drake really were different very interesting choices to say the least And then the last uh, region is Africa. Um, There is one different one there, too. Uh, Number one is Zoro. Then Nami, Luffy. Yamato took fourth. That's, I think, the highest she's placed. Uh, Kara, again, uh, fifth. Then Law, Hancock, Robin. But ninth is Eustace Kid, another supernova. Which, I guess that's fair. Um, He's in Wano right now with Luffy. Yeah. And he's had quite an interesting role so far. So I guess that's fair. And then 10th is Sanji. Ah. Ignore anything you hear in the background from me. I'm, I'm sorry. It's my family. I I assumed it was uh, just a bunch of birds. Not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> so that was the One Piece popularity poll that took place this year. 
Um, Area diverse, to say the least, I have to say. Not going to go through and list all 1 to 100 overall? Of course. Um, I, oh, man, I am a little bummed that uh, we didn't get to see like any bigger bigger names on there. Uh, I was kind of hoping to see my boy Whitebeard at some point, at least one of those. Whitebeard was in 31st overall, so he had a, no chance. <laughs> Yeah. I'm surprised Meathawk <laughs> was as low, but we still haven't seen too much of him, I guess. Same thing with Shanks. That is, love Shanks. That is fair. I've never seen anything, so. Exactly. <laughs> Outside of maybe like the occasional hockey. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Luffy and Zoro being one and two overall makes sense to me. Like yeah. That, that is what would happen. People, I mean, Luffy is like actually a fantastic protagonist so and Zoro is just a great character He's super badass absolutely alright so that's uh, two things I have so I'm going to have Blake share what he has and then I'll come back and talk about some Demon Slayer stuff so Blake go ahead yeah sure thing Alright, well, uh, so, looks like the news is in, um, Toho, they actually recently actually topped around 12 billion yen, um, for the year 2020, um, eh, due to their, uh, animation, um, business, um, despite, um, dealing with a recent amount of, uh, sales decline, I believe, uh, specifically in their, uh, you know, uh, their manga department um, overall. And, uh, yeah, uh, so Toho, still making bank, I see. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, they're also the ones who uh, actually have things set up to where they're an official rules list of uh, things that you can and cannot have happen in, like, a Godzilla movie. If you ever want to make a Godzilla movie. So yeah, they actually have like a... If I'm not mistaken, there is a blueprint from the original Godzilla creator where it's like, okay, these are my rules. If anybody besides me ever would like to make a film like this, you know, regardless of, you know, country, whatever, with all the rights issues and stuff being dealt with and sorted out, there are very specific issues or lists that, you know, rules that rules must that you be followed. Have to follow, yeah. Yeah, and if they aren't, then the film will probably most likely not be made, unfortunately. <laughs> I like that. I, I honestly like and, that. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. However, one of those rules, if I'm not mistaken, um, possibly massive spoilers here for everybody listening, my apologies, um, well, is that basically... I just want to skip ahead and mute no. something. <laughs> just for the audience. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, y'all might want to mute this part going in <clears throat> so apparently Toho actually has it set up to where if Godzilla ever well is on screen basically whoever he's fighting he cannot lose he can't it can look like he's losing like he might just about lose but he can't actually officially lose and this goes for like this goes for everybody not so. gonna lie I actually love that a lot. Because <laughs> I was like, eyes, uh, I of course, God, of God course, should always win in my eyes. It's just, uh, Have you seen the movie? I mean, 
Godzilla vs. Kong? No, I still haven't seen that movie yet, and else to God, I'm considering maybe, you know, planning something to where I just see it while it's still in theaters, you know, tomorrow or something, just get, like, a ticket and go to Muncie and watch go, it myself. Just go watch it. It's a I, fantastic movie if you love just Battle of the Monsters. Yes, I mean, <clears throat> I, I need it. I need to see it. I personally, I think I love like a lot of the shots in the movie, the way they were set up, just kind of really going for that hardcore, you know, one v one look to it, which yeah. I'm excited for. I'm curious to see how they do the whole, you know, story with Kong. I mean, I will say this though. I mean, I kind of saw it in the advertising, and I wasn't surprised by some of the rumors and the spoilers. Uh, first of all, Godzilla's name is the first name to appear in the title. So I just want that to be kind of a take that for what you will. It is Godzilla as somebody who, Kong. As somebody who recognizes <clears throat> a subtle advertising bits and pieces here when it comes to marketing and stuff like that, uh, that was kind of hard not to miss. <laughs> <clears throat> well, would you rather have a movie so, called Godzilla vs. Kong or Kong vs. Godzilla? Honestly, I'm I'm not going to lie. I would have taken either one. For marketing. I mean... Like Godzilla okay, yeah, fair, first. fair point. Yeah, no. For marketing, you're probably gonna want Godzilla's okay. name to be coming in first, just because that way people are like, "Oh, this is a Godzilla movie." Yeah, people yeah, like King Kong, yeah. and I know, you know, the Skull Island. Stuff I, I think, love and, I think his yeah, character, he just, he absolutely does need some serious character development if they want to make him like a legitimate. If they are gonna take that seriously, either moving forward or whatever, I do think they need to help his character develop further. Just because I know for the longest time with King Kong, it's been the same story for decades. It's like, oh, there's a giant ape on an island, and we're going to go to the island. Nothing bad's going to happen here, folks. Nope. And then someone gets kidnapped, some people get killed, and then the giant ape shows up, falls in love with human girl, and the rest is pretty much history. Girl is saved by giant ape. I'm glad this Kong fall in love with the girl because the girl was 10. And that would have been weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they're just oh, confused. man, I can only I can only imagine the memes that would have been born from that. Gross. Good God. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I don't know. There's a rumor that I guess there's actually another cut of the movie that they did beforehand before they did all the editing to make it the way it is now really so i mean that kind of had my curiosity peaked a little bit i mean i would very much like to see both versions if they're ever able to get around to releasing that to us and to the public um i personally think there's a time and a place for directors and extended cuts when it comes to like home video releases for blu-rays and the whole 4k ultra hd stuff um it gives you know consumers and customers like us you know more incentive to buy those products yeah you good yeah yeah sorry about that i'm not sure what that was uh i stopped i couldn't hear you so i disconnected you <laughs> okay okay yeah all right pick back up sweet so um yeah i think i was going into like a little mini rant about like director's cuts yeah or extended editions, yeah. I, so, personally, for me, I think those give me, as a consumer, more incentive to buy a movie if it's coming out on, you know, say, Blu-ray or 4K. Um, so, I mean, I would love to 
see more of that, I guess, kind of going forward. Like, I wouldn't mind if they did that with all of the MonsterVerse films, if they have those. Like, yeah. by the way, here's some extra scenes that they finished filming completely that would have, you know, explained this a little better or this a little better. If they want to add that in, they can just go ahead and add that in. So that way, you have the normal version of the movie if that's all you want to see, but that there are other people out there who, you know, they're willing to stick around a little bit longer. They're like, all right, I wouldn't mind seeing the slightly longer version. Here's that for you. So I personally, I'd love to see stuff like that happen more. So if they do ever get around to that at some point, that'd be awesome, where they find this kind of lost cut if you will, of that film. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I can't um, say I've never really also, bought a movie that was a director's cut. Right, right. Apparently there's actually a decent amount where there are some... Surprisingly enough, I'm pretty sure it's like most of these movies, they were actually directed by Ridley Scott, or at least one of them that I'm aware of, that mm-hmm. he directed, where if you really watch the director's cut and then compare that to the normal theatrical release, night and day difference, easily. And you start to wonder why the movie got such bad reviews when it was released. It was because literally, like, two-thirds of the main plot had gotten cut off completely and edited out uh, by the time they got onto the cutting room floor. And it's just, you have one-third of a movie with all these missing details. So you got films like, um, what was it like? I want to say it's like Kingdom of Heaven. I think that was the movie he did. Yeah, it was like 2002, 2003. So there's a director's cut for that that explains a lot of that. And then I know there was another director's cut they made for that movie that Brad Pitt was in, I think back in like 2004, called uh, Troy. And similar situation there, although I believe it's a different director. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, it looks like uh, the director of the short animated series um, Beck, which I'm, I've heard of it. Um, I do remember seeing some advertising for that series at one point a while back. And by a while back, I do mean a while back. I want to say like 2007, maybe 2008. It sounds familiar. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it it looked like it was a series about a couple of guys who were in a band together, like some kind of just like a rock or alternative rock band. And uh, just kind of touring, um, if not like one particular country, then just multiple countries, kind of going on like a little mini world tour. Yeah. I would love to go back and try and actually see it, actually, and see what it's all about. I'm not sure if it's actually based on the artist, Beck, or not. Um, But I would assume, at the very least, maybe it took some inspiration from him and, like, his music and his uh, style. But, uh, yeah, I guess um, the uh, director of that series, um, Osamu Kobayashi, he actually recently passed away at the age of uh, 57 after a two-year with kidney cancer Oof. so yeah it's always a bummer to see a member of the uh that whole community go you know yeah it's always sad um yeah <clears throat> and uh it looks like netflix actually so their little kind of mini animation series um castlevania it looks like it is uh, currently set to air its fourth and what is set to also be the final season of their series um, on May 13th. And it looks like, yeah, so not too long here. Literally just like two days. (laughs) 
You say, I don't know uh, if I'm going to upload this right now, but... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it should be the 13th. I may be wrong. They may have pushed it back at some point. I hope not, but last time I checked. But check, after you after you listen to this podcast, check your Netflix. Yeah, people. seriously. And, uh, yeah, it looks like, like um... Yeah, it looks like after that announcement, they also did say, um, at least I believe some of the um, producers behind the scenes working on that series did say that uh, Netflix was looking, at the moment at least, they were eyeing some potential uh, spinoffs from that series. So if they wanted to continue that and turn it into kind of like a little mini franchise, from they always could. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for all you fans out there who are kind of more into like the uh, action horror kind of genre, stuff like that i'd say this is definitely for you up your alley or if you're just a fan of like the old school castlevania games i know for me i think my favorite game in that franchise and i'm probably going to get some flack for this is the um original uh lords of shadow game that came out i want to say i was like right around maybe what i want to say i was like possibly 2000 2009 maybe 2010 i just remember playing it on ps3 and Lords my only ish- yeah the first lords of shadow game yeah 2010 okay yeah so yeah 2010 and 2013 um, for pc <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah no i i remember playing it on my uh, ps3 and just it being an absolute challenge at the at first in the beginning and uh I, i'm not gonna lie it definitely takes some patience to get through it but uh Man, I tell you what, easily the most annoying thing about that whole game was the fixed camera angles. Holy hell. Oh, yeah. I hate those. <laughs> Cannot stand that. It's like, okay, I understand you really liked the old school Resident Evil games. However, I would have loved it if you guys just kept it just with normal camera angles or better yet, even just like take all these levels and find a way to turn into like a little mini pseudo open world game maybe that would have been a little better but overall analog my camera yeah i personally i really enjoyed it i thought the uh, boss battles really felt like boss battles some of them you know it was incredible i believe the last boss you fight in that game was uh, (laughs) supposed to be satan himself which yeah, no, and it was interesting, too. They had a very different take on, like, the visual style of how they wanted to represent him, and I will say it was definitely different, to say the least, but, uh, yeah. Easily one of the more frustrating boss fights of the entire uh, game, as well, which, you know, fair. Might as well be. But, yeah. I Personally, I enjoyed most of it. I liked how they set up the whole the bestiary and the look of that, and for every different creature or boss fight, that you fought and won and every creature that you killed they would catalog it and tell you all the history about each one so okay i always enjoy good lore yeah lore is nice i like lore absolutely but uh yeah also looks like um the third gundam recon oh man i'm probably gonna butcher this one uh, it's spelled, yeah, Recon, uh, G-U-I-S-T-A. G-U-I-S-T-A? Yeah, so Recon, G-U-I-S-T-A. Oh, uh, Reconquista? Okay, so it is Reconquista, okay, okay. 
Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Okay, yeah. So the third <laughs> Gundam Recon Geast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, the third Gundam Recon Geast and G um, compilation film is uh, set to open in Japan, um, I believe, July 22nd. So then I would assume it followed by that. It won't be too long before it hits the States, hopefully, um, for all you Gundam fans out there. So um, after your birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I know there was something supposed to come out on July 23rd, although I believe it's like nothing animation related. Um, I believe it's actually the D&D set from uh, Wiz- uh, Wizards of the Coast for uh, Magic the Gathering, their yeah. uh, Magic the Gathering D&D crossover. Um, so that's going to be fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, so... Personally, that's one series in the Gundam franchise I am not too heavily invested in, the um, Reconquista and G, although I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's either Reconquista and G or Reconquista and G minor. Um, anyway, it's I, I'm aware of that particular subset <coughs> in the Gundam franchise. However, I'm not caught up with it at all. I'm still trying to get through like the OG stuff at the moment. I so. never really got into the mecha shows, Gundam, Evangelion. I mean, I watched the Evangelion movie. Right. And I've seen some Gundam. And I watched the so, and the Gone, but I, I just never really got into the mecha genre. It's, I'm not going to lie, it's tough. I, honestly... It's a niche. The one, th- yeah, no. Well, the one thing I think that kept me able to get involved in the whole mecha scene or at least when it comes to the Gundam stuff for me was um, just kind of like a lot of my childhood memories tied back to I believe it was the um, actually it was a mobile suit Gundam seed which came out I think like around 2001 2002 yeah Um, and that particular series always stuck with me because I think it was like one dark ending to an episode that I saw as a kid that like left a scarred memory (laughs) for me (laughs) Um, where I think, like, one of the main characters, they literally, like, watched as a ship carrying some of their allies or their friends on it basically exploded, and you, like, saw all these dead bodies, some of them who had been shot up because the ship that recently exploded was being boarded by enemy soldiers. And I was like, did that really just happen? And you see there's this one shot, this one panel of this, uh, some girl who I can't remember her name, but she had like I think like red or purple hair, and she's just kind of like her corpse. You see her floating with the rest of the debris from the ship, and originally she was still on the ship talking to the main character, and you could tell it was definitely a going to be a farewell going into it. And then of course the whole thing happened, and you see it from the main character's perspective, and you're just like, oh man, that they went there. Okay. <laughs> And no, so yeah, it always stuck with me after that. I'm like, you know what? You gotta love those dark moments. I, I need to find where that dark moment originated, figure out what that was, and just get back to it, and then just dive all the way in. Honestly, the only reason I remember Cowboy Bebop was because as a kid, I remember there was like one particular scene. This was when it was still, I believe, airing officially on Adult Swim. And I was just a just a brat, and I didn't really have that much of a solid memory by that point. But I do remember one night, like, before I was supposed to go to bed, I was with my dad. We were watching some TV. And uh, at one point, he was getting ready to turn the TV off as he had been flipping through channels. And it had stopped on this scene toward, like, one of the last of, like, the 
last three or four episodes of Cowboy Bebop. And there's one in particular with this man who is just an absolute psychopath. And he basically ends up getting a knife in his knee or something at one point, and there's this, like, mechanized, I don't know, bear. Like, it's like a traditional stuffed bear, but it's a mechanized version of that. And it's, like, at some run-down, run-of-the-mill, abandoned amusement park. And, of course, the main character, uh, Spike, he manages to get lucky enough to where he's able to slide under that out safely. And the guy who he just sunk a knife into his knee, who's, you know, freaking out, screaming and crying that, that there's this knife in his knee, <laughs> is basically right under the uh, foot of this mechanized stuffed bear. And then the foot ends up coming all the way down, and it basically ends up crushing the dude to death. And that was right when my dad turned the TV off. <laughs> and I remember that also was a memory that haunted me, and so that's what caused me to go all the way back to the very beginning, to check out that whole series, including the movie, and still, hands down, one of my favorite series to this day, so. It's a good series. <coughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best soundtracks out there. I'm Even the movie I thought was pretty solid. That's... I know some people put that up into like, their top ten anime movie films of like all time. I mean, the soundtrack itself is one of my favorite anime soundtracks oh it's easily it's a bop no pun intended yeah um but yeah also uh, it looks like uh netflix they are also set to do a uh, live action gundam film uh to be directed by jordan voigt roberts um, I do not believe it currently has a set release date that they were really shooting for, just that it's kind of in the works, so yeah. it's in the pipeline right now, just kind of more of an idea. But uh, yeah, it seems like Netflix is very uh, invested in this idea of doing more of these uh, live-action takes on various popular um, anime mediums and They're franchises and what have you. a good one so that they can be remembered of making a good one, unlike everyone else that exists. You know, I just, I don't know if I have that much faith in them, though, you know? I mean, I, I definitely would say that they probably... Right. Well, okay, I will say this. I, there's, once again, the only ones that I have seen that I thought were good live-action adaptations, the uh, Rurouni Kenshin films, okay. honestly. I recommend everybody out there go and check those movies out, if not at the very least for the passion to the craft that they put into it, the talent behind it. From the honestly some of the best action scenes I've seen in probably any movie ever. Period. I mean, I know the John Wick films are pretty solid over here in the states, but I'm not gonna lie; these films kind of give those a run for their money at times. And I absolutely love it. I thought they did a pretty solid job with the source material. Obviously, they kind of had to summarize some things up in order to get it down into like three films. And at the moment, there's like two live action movies left for them to do. To release, I know I believe they just recently released the uh, fourth live-action film. Really? That toward like the yeah toward the tail end of April. Uh, so it's at the very least, I believe it's out in theaters over in Japan, possibly also China and everywhere else um, over there. Okay. Um, we may still be waiting for it to come over here. Um, if good. not, it, it may be out, and we just don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, so the fourth movie, that's out, and then the last fifth film, which is set to adapt the uh, second half of the 
major story arc for the Roroni Kenshin series. Um, so you have the first arc that was told through the last three films, and then you've got these last two, which will tell the second half. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage to try and tie up all of that together. Um, but I have faith. Um, they're bringing back all the original cast from the previous three live-action films, everybody who's set to return. Um, but yeah, no, easily some of the best uh, live-action anime adaptations I've seen to this day. Um, sadly, I have not seen any as solid since. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I've never seen the Rurouni Kenshin uh, live-action ones. Um, the ones I have seen are garbage and need to not exist, <laughs> but they do. That's fair. That is fair. But that's that. that is what it is. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I know for a fact the, uh, I know they're at least doing the, uh, Cowboy Bebop live-action series for Netflix. Oh. Um, still plans for that to go ahead. I believe they have most of the cast already set in the roles for that. I can't remember if they said they were going to make it a film. I think they said they were going to try to make it like a live-action anime adaptation series. Um, if that's the case, I'm not sure how well that's going to go over. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know. I, I really don't know. <laughs> well, uh, just wait and see, I guess. It's it's Netflix, and I understand that they have a decent budget here and there sometimes. Yeah. Uh, However, I also understand that they are also not somebody like Disney, who tends to have an even larger budget That's than true. a lot of folks Disney out there. <laughs> and now that they also have acquired Fox, they really do have a lot. <laughs> I mean, how much did it cost to make uh, Infinity War and Endgame? Oh, man, the combined budget for those two. I want to say Infinity War alone was probably anywhere was from like $200. For both of them? Like, together? I'm pretty sure it was, like, a billion dollars to make both of them. Uh, I think it was almost half a billion. So, at least, I would I I it would have had to have been at least, like, 500 million total for the two of them. Because I know Infinity War, that was, like, around, I want to say, 200 to maybe 300 mil. 316 million to make Infinity War. Yep. And Endgame was 356. So, together, it's close, close to 700. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so like seven hundred. Yeah, so not yeah. quite a billion. My bad. Not quite a billion, shot, but but yeah, <laughs> still seven, almost seven hundred million dollars is a lot for two movies. Yeah, I it's... mean the movies were great, and I could see why it would cost that much. But yeah, a lot it... of actors to pay as well. Uh, God, yeah, Jesus, I swear. If only they would have lower asking prices, I'm telling you. <laughs> they made their choices to live in their Hollywood mansions. They will be fine. Or they can just sell their properties, take the millions of dollars that they do have, and just get a normal home I mean, and some normal neighborhood where no one's going to immediately recognize them off the street. I, I don't mean. think Disney's hurting from it. Yeah, it's... At all. They, they well made more than what cost yeah box office alone. well absolutely 
and just yeah i i don't know disney man my one complaint with disney i will say i really wish they would consider getting into like more adult oriented films as well mostly just in terms of like more i guess action violent films if that makes sense so just kind of like so if that's honestly their only card then we are in trouble maybe it's just the start well so the room originally before they acquired fox was uh so when fox was you know their own thing still um was that they were going to set deadpool up for a normal three film deal so a trilogy yeah and then they were also going to consider actually introducing him as well in an x-force movie a rated r x-force film with uh him wolverine and x-23 and what have you um so that would have been a blast it would have been a very bloody bloody blast but uh it would have been interesting to see nonetheless um it would have yeah and um yeah unfortunately we did not get to see all those plans come to for uh fruition but uh yeah uh deadpool 3 something well uh, you know, I wish, but, you know, Kevin Feige, I mean, I like the guy's vision, but I can't help but feel like maybe some of his superiors wouldn't really want him to do rated R films in those genres, even if he wanted to, unfortunately, which is a bit of a bummer, because I'm going to say it now, I know for a fact there were plenty of kids out there who were able to see the Deadpool film yeah, while it was still in theaters, despite being rated R, and... This is something I want everybody to understand right now. If a film is rated R and you are not 17 years old, you can still see that movie. You just have to see it with somebody who is like a legitimate, legally of age adult. As long as you're with someone who is 17 or older, you can see that film. So... If, if you've got a kid who is invested as much in whatever it is that you're a fanboy of as you are, and the film for that just happens to be radar, you can always play the cool parent, the cool dad, or the cool mom card, and just take your kid to see it while it's in the theater, and guess what? The other parent, partner, doesn't have to know about it. Chances yeah. are they will be fine. That's, that's fair. Actually, I'm pretty sure the Demon Slayer movie was rated R that we saw. Yeah, so my, my point exactly right there. See, a lot of radar movies are a lot of fun. It's, just, it's, just it's l- interesting. A lot of anime movies, especially they'll go in the theater, usually have don't have a rating. Yeah, they're usually... But, I think they try to set them to, if they do have a rating, where it's like right around the PG-13 yeah, mark, just so they can get as much money sense. as they can. But this one was actually rated and R, that, which make, makes sense after watching the movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen Demon Slayer. It makes sense that they would make it rated R. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, no. I, I really wish Disney would take more risks here and there. Speaking Just, of uh, uh, Demon Slayer, though, because I, I need to go on to this. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to uh, bring up <clears throat> a thing that I'm excited for and definitely 100% going to buy. And that is the Demon Slayer game. Ah, yes. I don't know if you've heard of this, but... Yeah, Demon Slayer is actually getting a video game. And it's... it's It has a story mode, and I think the story is just the playthrough of, like, Season 1. So right. it goes through, like, uh, Rui, who is the spider dude. 
the <laughs> lower uh, five or yeah. whatever number he was. Um, yep. So we go. It, I think the story mode goes through that, I believe, from like the beginning to that, and then there's also like a versus battle uh, part where it's just okay. You just fight the other person, and it looks like it says it's the same studio, um, but it lo- also looks like the gameplay itself um, is similar to Na- Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm series. Ah. Yeah, I saw um, some gameplay of like a demo in Japan, <laughs> and it was like a 3D fighting style. Yeah, but it was kind of like a 2D. It's 2D, 3D kind of, kind of thing. Okay. Um, kind of like Storm was, you know. It's not a 2D side by side fighting game. You're like, right. facing your opponent and can move forward and backward and side to side. Sweet. Um, so it looks like it's gonna be more like that kind of fighting. Um, I don't know what all characters are going to be in it. I do know that Tanjiro, Inosuke, Nezuko, Zenitsu, and Giyu are going to be playable characters. Which is interesting, because... <clears throat> Sorry. It's interesting that that's all we know, because, I mean, there are quite a few more characters introduced in the story. I mean, I assume we'll play as uh, Rui, the spider demon, considering... Right. In the game. I assume is the last boss. I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's still in the making. It, um it Does it have a release date? It releases in Japan this year on current and last gen consoles as well as PC. But the Western release has not been revealed. But it's usually not too long, especially these days, for an anime video game to be released into the West. Right. I mean, I doubt it'll be translated, because... I mean, I guess it could be. The movie was. It could be. We'll see. Yeah. They don't translate One Piece games. Or Fairytale games. (laughs) They translate Naruto and Dragon Ball, I know. But those are the only ones I know so far. Oof. Maybe they translated Bleach. I don't remember. But yeah, that's the uh, uh, Dragon Bleach. Slayer game that's going to come out soon. I'm excited for it. I loved the Ninja Storm series. So. Oh yeah, no, no. I still remember. I think the only game. one I have not had a chance to play through all the way was, uh, I believe it was a Ninja Storm 4. I own all of them. Sweet. Actually. So you can play it if you come over. Yeah, yeah, just let me know when you're free. Oh, that's... I'll try... Well, school's over now for the semester, so maybe more. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Alright, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we end this podcast is the Demon Slayer movie, because when it came out a couple weeks ago um, to theaters, uh, me, Blake, and Colton went and saw it, and my wife went too, but she's not on the podcast, unfortunately. But me, Blake, and Colton went and saw it. Whoops. And I just wanted to give my thoughts on the movie without spoiling anything. Don't spoil anything, Blake. Of course. So the Demon Slayer movie was uh, Mugen Train. And it's it literally takes place right after season one. I mean, season one ends with them going to the train and seeing the train, you know. So the movie just... They're on up. a mission. Yeah. <laughs> The movie essentially just picks up right where that left off. 
And so <coughs> we start there and I I was curious how far into the story like were they going to stop at a certain point on of the train? Right. Were they going Yeah, to no, that was my everything? thing too. Yeah, it was like are they going to okay, is it going to go from the train and then once the whole train thing is done, that's it, you know, cuts to black. Yeah. Or is there more afterward that I don't know about? And I remember thinking, is this one thing gonna happen? Yeah, I, I, I was I was curious about that too. Ignore my child. Um, I was curious about that too, and <laughs> I I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a fantastic movie. The animation and Demon Slayer in general is great, but the movie was beautiful animation. Oh and my god, Ren Goku is an amazing Hashira. This film, the animation in this, honest to God, this was one of the most visually beautiful, <laughs> striking films I think I've ever seen. My eyeballs literally were gl- pretty much glued to the screen the yeah. entire time I saw this thing, and I just, I could not look away. I was, uh, man. Uh, the animation just... studio is UFO Table, I think. Oh, man. So Their color palette, they're especially just the look of the swords for the demon slayers especially the hashira oh man yeah ooh, ooh. extra uh, spicy it looks like the studio also has done uh fate the fate series fate stay night and fate okay Zero. um i'm trying to only go with i'm trying to go with popular ones that people would know but, right uh not really um <laughs> So it's done. So it's done. The Fate Zero and Fate Stay Night, as well as uh, Demon Slayer, um, both the series and the movie. So uh, they have really good animation. I was I, I was blown away, especially when I first saw Demon Slayer. I was like, "Wow, this animation!" Yeah, especially when they do no. the reading techniques. Oh, oh man! So Just good. I remember seeing it, and a part of me was wanted to know. I was like, "Okay, I really want to know what is your guys's anime budget?" Because oh man, if I could work for an animation company like that, even if it's just <laughs> to do like voiceovers and stuff, that'd be <laughs> top tier. Yeah, that. I mean, the way they animated Rengoku's flame breathing techniques. Oh, was just Rengoku in general. Oh I mean, yeah. my god. <laughs> Honestly, the best character of the movie was Rengoku. Stole the show. I mean, even in the English dub, I I don't care who you are. I know some people would have said that. Now, so they're about to say, uh, people are probably going to say, oh, no, his English dub version was like stale or very one note. I personally thought whoever did that did a solid job. Oh, yeah, they did. Top I, tier, absolutely. I think that Demon Slayer actually has a pretty decent dub. I don't think it's really that bad. I enjoy it. I I think it's pretty solid. Yeah, I think they did a good job with the dub. I know Colton isn't the biggest fan of some of the voices, but I think I think all of the actors do a great job. Um, And I agree, Rengoku's voice actor, uh, whoever he was, sorry, person, um, uh, did a fantastic job. Yeah, no, absolutely. That uh, oh man. Oh uh, man! Yeah, I want I want to say more, but I just uh, man, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to avoid spoilers here, and it's 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 tough. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it either. 
I will say I I recommend it and this summer in June I think it's going to be released digitally so if you can go watch it absolutely I mean I swear this film (laughs) there's at least one moment I won't say which moment but there's at least one moment in this film for me where I just I remember when we were in the theater and I was in my seat and I remember I was just literally trying so hard to not feel anything and just literally like shaking and there's one particular moment straight up almost just got up out of my seat and yelled finish it <laughs> like I was that I was that tempted to scree- get up out of my seat get onto the <laughs> railing and yell it at the screen in the theater regardless of what anyone said to me i didn't though i I held myself back for like a couple of just enough seconds to where i didn't do it and i was like oh man yeah Uh, i've never had a film get that much of a rise out of me that quickly (laughs) that's fair I, i i loved every minute yeah i did too i'm glad it ended where it ended yeah no absolutely the great way for season two to pick up pick it up the momentum and all that. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have lost that momentum if it ended before the last part that I yeah. to talk about. Well, and I know some folks said, so Rengoku's in this film, and I think they said something about how his um, whole story arc also continues, you know, whether or not in one way or another in Season 2, or like his whole character just in general has a part to play in Season 2 somehow. I haven't read the manga. As someone who reads the manga, I can see that happening in season two. Okay. I'm not going to say what or how, but... Of course, of course. That'll be neat. If you watch the movie and listen to the script, then you might be able to understand now that you know this information. So yeah, uh, Demon Slayer movie. Fantastic. Go see it. Great anime movie. Well, you can't now, but... I still don't think. I don't think it's still going. Unless they extended it. Um, but um, it comes out digitally they may have extended it. They may have. But yeah. In June, I believe. Sweet. And then it'll probably be, uh, say if it's a digital release, I'm trying to remember how long it's going to be until there's a physical. It'll probably be at least a couple of months to almost a year before the physical, I would assume. So. Um, this says... <coughs> Excuse me. I don't want the Japan release because we don't live in Japan. <laughs> it's in June in Japan. Okay, so July. digitally in June. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so about a month so... after the July thirtieth is what it says. So about a month after the, the digital release. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, that's what we have today for the anime news. Um, unfortunately, Colton was not here. Hopefully, he can figure out his headset situation. We miss hopefully you. Hopefully, things won't be as yeah. Hopefully, things won't be as jacked up. <laughs> ha ha ha. Yeah. Anyway, ignoring that. Uh, next next time is a review, and it is over Fire Force, the first season, episodes one through twenty four. 
of Colton's recommendation, and he will be the one guiding us through that one, since it's his recommendation. So please uh, check it out next time, and thank you for joining us. Catch you later, everybody.